Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Quarterback news this afternoon. Coach Matt Brown has tabbed a QB. North Carolina will start Drake May at quarterback on Saturday against Florida A&M. May and Jacoby Criswell had been competing for the starting job to replace the departed Sam Howell. UCF coach Gus Malzahn says it's transfer John Reese Plumley who will begin the season as the Golden Knights starting quarterback. He played wide receiver for the Rebels last season. Last started a game at quarterback in 2019 as a freshman at Old Miss. Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire announced Sunday that senior Tyler Shuck has been named the Red Raiders starting quarterback. That leads into the September 3rd season opener against Murray State. And speaking of Red Raider quarterbacks, one Patrick Mahomes, remember him? He'll become the eighth member of the prestigious Texas Tech Ring of Honor and Hall of Fame when he is inducted on October 28th. And in scheduling news, there is mounting momentum among SEC schools to go from eight conference games to nine once they add Oklahoma and Texas. Feeling now is that the SEC will ultimately land at nine conference games with a three and six format once the new scheduling model is announced. Happy to have you with us. Welcome to College Football Live with Greg McElroy and Sam Macho. I'm Wendy Nix, and the offseason is officially Drawing to a close, we will have college football on Saturday. And with that in mind, it's time to put a bow on our preseason predictions and expectations and all of that. And we'll start with the SEC. Here's the bear, Chris Felica, to crunch the numbers. Yeah. Go big or go home. Uh, get your game face on. Uh, I need a seat on that throne. No conference has as many intriguing storylines at the quarterback position as the SEC. Returning are Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, Kentucky's Will Levis, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, Arkansas's KJ Jefferson, Florida's Anthony Richardson, and Spencer Rattler, who transferred from Oklahoma to South Carolina. Oh, and then there's Stetson Bennett, who guided Georgia to its first national title since 1980. Bennett launching, touchdown, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. Bennett may have been the quarterback, but make no bones about it. The Georgia defense was the star of the show in 2021. The Bulldogs allowed 10.2 points per game, and only Alabama in the SEC championship game managed more than 18 points. Gone are seven starters, including number one pick Trevon Walker, but don't feel sorry for Georgia. There's still plenty of talent here, led by defensive lineman Jalen Carter, linebacker Nolan Smith, and cornerback Keely Ringo. We didn't build this program on hoping for one-year wonders. We built the program to be sustained. Alabama might have the Heisman Trophy winner in 2022, but it might not be Bryce Young. There's Anderson, watch out! Hammer, and that's that man, Anderson. The Terminator. 
if Will Anderson gets a one-on-one, -on -one, it's over. Last year, Will Anderson led the nation with 34 and a half tackles for loss and added 17 and a half sacks. With that equity heading into the season, Anderson could do one better than Aiden Hutchinson's runner-up finish a year ago. We are After a historic national championship season in 2019, where LSU averaged 48.4 points per game, the Tigers have fallen on hard times. Over the last two years, LSU is just 11-12 overall and 8-10 in SEC play. That's the same record as Missouri. It's a great night to be a Tiger. Gone is Ed Orgeron, and in comes former Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly, who took the Irish to the college football playoff two of the last four years. Since 2018, only Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia won more games than Kelly's Fighting Irish. According to our Football Power Index, both Georgia and Alabama are heavily favored to make it to the SEC Championship game. That will be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta in December. The team with the next best chance after the Bulldogs the Crimson and the Crimson Tide is Kentucky at 6%. So clearly a drop-off. We talk about Alabama, guys. We talk about Georgia. All for very good reasons. But, Greg, I'll start with you. Who is the third best team? If we can agree on the other two, who's the third best team in the SEC? It's Texas A&M. And, and some people is open for interpretation. A lot of people say, well, what's who's going to have the third best record or whatever it may be? I go based on how I think they'd fare on a neutral field against everyone else in the league. And I look at this team. The talent that Jimbo Fisher has been able to accumulate over the last couple of years, the roster has depth and quality across the board. Yeah, they are with some question marks. There's no denying that I'm a little concerned about losing their defensive coordinator in Mike Elko, a little concerned about losing some of the great players that they had on defense. But for the most part, I think the way they've recruited, they'll have a younger player, a hungrier player, and a player that's eager to show that he was belonging at the top of the ESPN 300 like so many guys that signed in this most recent class. So I think AM, if they can figure out the quarterback spot, Sam, and I think they will, they have a really nice chance to finish at worst 10-2, and two, maybe even 11-1 with a road trip to Tuscaloosa daunting there in the early part of October. Yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky for my third best team in the SEC. And part of the reason why is what I saw last year. I saw Kentucky get off to a 6-0 start last year before they ran into Georgia, right? Everyone ran into Georgia. They lost their next two, and they finished with four more wins, partly because of that man you see throwing the ball and running it. Will Levis. He's a leader, and I think he's a great quarterback. In addition, guys like Chris Rodriguez, I know he's going to be out early in the season at running back, but when he comes back, you're going to see a team that could be uh, knocking on the door for another 9-10 win season in the SEC. A testament to just how strong this conference is. You know, the SEC has nine teams in the top 25 of ESPN's preseason FBI. That is the most by far of any conference one of those teams that the bear touched on lsu and now they find themselves in some unfamiliar territory heading into the 2022 season they were unranked in the ap preseason poll for the first time since 2000 which was nick saban's first season as the head coach at lsu there's two sides to every coin sam a best case and a worst case scenario let's talk about the tigers give me their best case scenario for the upcoming season 
Yeah, best case, they finish second in the SEC West. I mean, you look at their early game, early season games, they could win the first five, maybe even six games. Now, obviously, there's a stretch there. You have Alabama on that schedule in the middle of the season. You have Ole Miss. You have Arkansas. That October, that consecutive October 22nd, 5th, and November 12th, that could be a rough stretch. But if you could have eight, nine wins going into that A&M game, all of a sudden, you're knocking on the door for uh, for, for finishing behind Alabama in the West. All right, Greg, uh, he got the he got the glass half full scenario. So I'll ask you now uh, for the other side of the equation. Uh, what happens if things go south for LSU? Uh, I think worst case scenario for this team. And if you look at Brian Kelly's history and his tenure as the head coach at Notre Dame, he was seldom successful against teams that were better than him, that had more talent than him. The good news is there's not that many teams that have more talent than LSU. If you look at Brian Kelly's record against teams that were beneath him, their record, say, as a favorite, it's phenomenal with every single year except 2016 being off the charts good. So I think Brian Kelly is going to maximize the roster. He's done a good job of that over the course of the last handful of years. And this team was the victim of post-snap penalties. They were a victim of post-whistle penalties. They were undisciplined. They were guys that were in and out of the lineup because of injury or because they refused to play, what have you, whatever the reason may be. This team was snake bit since 2019. I don't think that's going to be the case with Brian Kelly. He's going to get everybody back in line, and if you don't perform, you will not play. That goes from the quarterback all the way down to the backup long snapper. It doesn't matter. I think he's going to create a culture of toughness and a culture of competition. And I expect them to be highly successful. So worst case scenario this year, based on how many games they have at home, I think eight and four is worst case scenario. Listen, there's no doubt Brian Kelly was brought in in part to help them dot the I's and cross the T's and button up some of those details that certainly haunted them over the last season or two. LSU coming off its first losing season since going three and eight in 1999. But if that's the worst case scenario, Greg, they'll, they'll see improvement regardless. Still ahead on College Football Live, LSU, one of four teams in the SEC with a QB battle still outstanding. We'll take a closer look at who may be named the starting quarterback. And Nebraska and Northwestern will kick off their season across the Atlantic in Dublin, Ireland. Find out how one team is brushing up on its Irish trivia. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. but you need a quarterback to be ready and several SEC schools still looking to find their starting quarterback for the season. Texas A&M among them. They came in ranked number six in the preseason AP top 25. So too 
is LSU as the Tigers enter year one of the Brian Kelly era. Here's some of the coaches talking about their respective quarterback competitions. It sounds dumb to say I don't know that, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, some days it's very close. Some days you, you can think one and some days you can think the other. So um, it'll happen when it happens. What we're looking for from the quarterbacks is operation. You know, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I know everybody wants to see these guys go out there and just make plays, but you have to get the call from the sideline. You got to communicate it. You got to operate, and that's the most important thing right now. It's a two-man race, and it's extremely competitive. I wouldn't be surprised if they both get the opportunity to play at some time this year. But we're going to have to name a starter, and that's going to happen here pretty quickly. We'll wait and evaluate that as we go. I'm not putting a timetable on it. Well, I'll know when I know. We'll know when we know, but you know what, Greg, time's running out. We'll know pretty soon, regardless, at least if they plan to start somebody under center opening weekend. Listen, what's the most intriguing quarterback competition for you in the SEC? Uh, it has to be the competition at Texas A&M between Haynes King and Max Johnson. reason why is because Haynes King has won this job before. That was last year. Granted, it was against Zach Calzada. Do I know which guy right now has the head start? My assumption is Haynes King because he's done this. He knows what it takes to do what you need to do within a fall camp situation to win the starting job. Couple that with the fact that Max Johnson has started 12, 15 games in the SEC over the last couple seasons at LSU with pretty positive results. So I think given the quality of both players, it really leads me to think that AM, especially knowing the expectation level of that position and the expectation level of the team itself, they're ranked in the top six or seven, depending on who you ask. This is enormous for them to get this right. And if they do and they find a, say, game changer at quarterback, there's no reason to think that, Sam, this team can't potentially make a run at a college football playoff berth. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Greg. That's got to be one of the most intriguing matchups, especially with AM's ranking being number six overall. But I'm also excited to see the LSU quarterback competition, uh, mainly because you have a transfer in town, Jaden Daniels, who's a three-year starter at Arizona State, who in his first two years, 2019 in a shortened 2020 season, had a 22-3 to touchdown interception ratio. He's played power five football before. Yes, he's athletic. He can use his legs. On the other side, uh, you got Garrett Nussmeyer. And so you're wondering, okay, he's younger. Will he be able to lead this offense? We talked about how high the expectations are for LSU or really the ceiling or the floor. Whichever one, if you can get like the 2019 and 2020 version of Jaden Daniels, I think LSU's ceiling will be higher than if you don't. And so that's why I'm intrigued by this competition. All the talent around LSU, quarterback's got to be figured out. Now the other spot too, and it's maybe by a process of elimination right now, is what's going on on the Plains down at Auburn. Because right now, Zach Calzada was brought in from Texas A&M to be their starting quarterback. They aggressively pursued him because they were really concerned about the quarterback situation. They weren't sure that TJ Finley, who was the incumbent, they weren't sure if he had the mobility behind it, might be a little bit of a leaky offensive line, to do what they need to do within the offense. Of course, Finley kind of had some ups and downs last year, but Calzada so far through the first three weeks of fall camp has been extremely disappointing. And actually, Finley has been okay, but the most impressive guy has been a freshman transfer from Oregon that nobody's talking about named Robbie Ashford. So it's a very interesting conundrum 
that Brian Harson, the head coach at Auburn's dealing with right now because all three quarterbacks have been, I don't want to call them disappointing, but they haven't done anything near what they need to do in order to secure the position. And it might, by a process of elimination, that being a very athletic, true freshman and Robbie Ashford that can just run around and create a lot of plays and explosiveness. All right. Well, good use of the word conundrum, nevertheless, Greg. We'll take it on a Monday. Listen, as we work our way through the SEC here and try to button things up, because, again, college football starting on Saturday. Sam, I'll leave the word dangerous open to interpretation. You tell me what you think if I say the most dangerous team in the SEC. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Tennessee for the most dangerous team, mainly because of Josh Heupel and his offense. And one thing that he said just recently, he said, hey, our team is much, much deeper. Depth was an issue last year at Tennessee. We know who the quarterback is. Hendon Hooker last year, 31-3 to touchdown to interception ratio. A high-powered, explosive, fast-paced offense. But depth was a problem. If depth has been solved, then this Tennessee team could make a whole lot of noise. Uh, I could make a case for two. I'll take one out of the West, one out of the East, just to, to make it creative. I'm going to take Mississippi State out of the West. I think this team last year did a lot of really good things. The problem is you just never knew what you're going to get. You catch them second half against Auburn, you got that every single week, you got major issues. And then South Carolina on the other side, shocking the world last year, somehow finding a way to get to ball eligibility and saving their best for last in their performance against North Carolina, albeit an uninspired North Carolina team in the bowl game. They dominated that game against some pretty talented players for the Tar Heels. So I think Mississippi State out of the West is a team that not enough people are talking about. They bring back everybody, and they're pretty good on both offense and on defense. Then South Carolina, with the addition of Spencer Rattler, that was the one piece that they were missing last year. They could be poised to make a huge leap here in 2022. I tell you, expectations are high in Columbia. There's no question about that. They have hope for the first time in quite some time. Listen, only one SEC team in action coming up this weekend. Then the following weekend, of course, Labor Day weekend, a pretty full slate. So that's considered week one, the most intriguing SEC matchup in week one. Greg? For me, it's Utah, Florida. But one, we just don't see Utah traveling to the southeast very often, first and foremost. Secondly... It could potentially eliminate a college football playoff team on day one. Utah comes in number seven, depending on who you ask. Some think they should be in the top five. Some think they should be in the top four. And I would not push back against that, especially based on what we saw down the stretch last year, especially in the Rose Bowl game against Ohio State. Cam Rising is a legit difference maker there at quarterback, but he's got excellent skill on the front seven defensively is off the charts. Good. They got to go into an insanely hostile environment for Billy Napier's debut at the Florida Gators. That, to me, is a very intriguing game because if Utah loses that one, Sam, I don't think they have the team to be able to go 11-1 the rest of the way to potentially get to the college football playoffs. So they're going to have to run the table if they lose week one. And I think that's an almost impossible ask. No, that's a huge that's a huge matchup, Greg, and I'm with you on that. The matchup I'm most excited about is the Cincinnati and Arkansas matchup. One, because of the uncertainty that we have with Cincinnati. They lost nine players to the draft. But two, because of the excitement that we have with Arkansas. There's a lot of talk about Arkansas being the sleeper team. K.J. Jefferson played really well last year. Yes, he got injured, but he was, he was like impressing a lot of people. Will they be what we think they're going to be? That's what I want to know. Will Cincinnati be what, we, what they were last year? There's so many question marks, at least for me, with the Cincinnati team. They might surprise some people, or so might Arkansas. It's so interesting to me, and we saw this a bit last season as well with the schedule makers. There are some real 
early season tests here in week one and week two. These aren't just cakewalks. A lot of the time, to your point, Greg, we could see a potential contender eliminated or certainly off to a slow start. So we'll know a lot more in just a few weeks, again, as we make our way towards a new college football season. Are you brave enough to be bold with a new college football season just around the corner? We offer up some implausible but far from impossible predictions for the season. Why do we embrace this? Because it's freaking awesome. That's why. This is a huge game. Up my chain hitting like. Kings back in his hometown. When College football starts Saturday, the 17th annual MEAC SWAC Challenge. Kickoff game has Howard squaring off against Alabama State at Center Park Stadium in Atlanta. Our celebration of the HBCUs begins at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. And then week zero kicks off Saturday. Several Power 5 teams in action, including Illinois, Florida State, North Carolina, and Vandy. Highlighted by Nebraska and Northwestern facing off in Dublin, Ireland. Northwestern DB Cam Mitchell making sure the Wildcats know their Irish history. You guys need suggestions? You know what? I should ask some people. What's the national color of Ireland? It's got to be green. It's blue. Ooh, snap. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, third and five. Third and three. Two's on deck. I'm going to find Coach Fitz. Hey, I got a trivia question for Coach Fitz. I got a trivia question for you for the camera. Where the camera at? Where'd he go? Right there. It's right here. Coach Fitz, you know we're going to Ireland. It's 18 days. Yes, sir. And I'm 116th Irish. Okay, cool. What is the national color of Ireland? Uh, it would be orange. Green? Close. One more time. Green? Nope. White? Nope. I just hit the flag. Yeah. Okay. Blue. I mean, who wouldn't say green? I don't know. Northwestern getting their last few practices in with the Nebraska equipment staff already in Dublin, setting up the team's arrival on Tuesday. Again, that game coming up over the weekend. Gentlemen, time for some bold predictions, okay? They don't have to be probable. They just can't be impossible. Who's first? Greg, you up? Let's go. What you got? Well, I guess I'm going. Bold prediction. Running back wins the Heisman for only the third time this century, okay? We know Mark Ingram won it. We know that Reggie Bush won it but had it vacated, so do we count him? I don't know. We also know that, that Derrick Henry won it as well. So 2004, 2009, and 2015, this year, 2022, whether it's Will Shipley or one of these other excellent backs, a running back will bring home the hardware in 2022. Mine is this. Baylor wins the Big 12, Damn. goes to the playoff, and wins a playoff game, i.e. they go to the national championship game. They're returning one of the best O-lines in the Big 12, the best O-line in the Big 12. Blake Shapin, I like Baylor. All right, the SEC does not give us the eventual national champion. Is it possible? Maybe. See you tomorrow. <laughs>